hello everyone i want to welcome you to another episode of dads and daughters talk with this podcast uh building a platform uh getting a lot of support from families and definitely fathers everywhere so i definitely just want to pause for a second and just thank my supporters uh thank the you know the new people the the the, those who just getting involved and hearing about dads and daughters talk i just want to let you know this is sharice and i really appreciate the love but today we have a different topic and this is a topic that you know i didn't even choose so today's topic is kind of touching the basis of uh absentee uh parent um you know uh, absent you know father and i think this is something that the people should hear about and and mm-hmm. want to discuss and you know you never know what somebody is going through or the way that they grew up so um i think this is going to be a great topic and not only um is this a great topic but i really have a great guest on the show today i think i have a legend in the building wow. so this is something major uh for dads and daughters talk so uh we have today minister varnell lipsy yeah that's right you right you ready i'm good you man. ready I'm okay okay so i don't know if you guys you know ever heard of mr uh, varnell lipsy and what he does and what he brings to the table and the things that he's done and you know me i do not like to do all the talking so we definitely have mr lipsy here that's going to go ahead and introduce himself and tell you a little bit about who he is what he has done and what he's currently doing so you could talk about it from a career point of view and definitely your family so when you're ready sir go ahead Okay. Hey, I'm Minister Vornell Lipson Jr., a.k.a. The Preacher Man, mm-hmm. uh, DJ here at 1370 WMGO in the city of Canton, and I'm a dad. I'm a father. You're a father. You know, I, 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 I love uh, my kids. I have uh, two kids, two daughters okay. and three sons. Okay. So I'm a father of five, and a brief career path up. Uh, Went on the road when I was five. My father had a group called the Songbirds of the South. Okay. Notable songs, Still Away, One More River Cross. Uh, when we were coming up, we toured with uh, anyone from the Shirley Caesar, Pilgrim Jubilees. But believe it or not, Casey and JoJo also mm. had a gospel group mm. called Lil Cedric and the Haley Singers. Right. And they had a number of one song in the country, Be Born Again. And we had the number two song in, in the country. Uh, and the Truth That had the number three song in the country. So we were doing a little tour thing with them. Okay. So I've been on this gospel journey. I'm actually celebrating my 50th year in gospel music. Wow. And I turned 55 in August. So I've, I've been in wow. this thing since I was a little bitty kid. Just uh, fell in love with it. My dad used to rehearse at our house and one day... Uh, it was raining so hard they couldn't take the equipment home, so they left it at the house. Right. And it was the best week of my life. I bet. <laughs> Just toys R us going live in the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and so you know, I, uh, any and everybody in gospel music, particular in the quartet genre, either I've sung with them, performed, recorded, uh, or something, you know. And I yeah. just thank God for it because, you know, uh, it really was my passion. Before I knew what a passion was, my purpose yeah. and my destiny. Right. Uh, you know, I, I love quartet music. I, I really do. No doubt about it. Great. Great. Okay. All right. So, um, not only, you know, uh, you're radio personnel, but mm-hmm. you're also in the ministry as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've been preaching uh, now for 24 years years preaching the gospel and, and I actually was called to preach uh, been this, it's kind of a familiar story mm-hmm. than most preachers God called me very young mm-hmm. to preach but I had another preacher friend of mine and I was in my teens I probably about 8 when he first prompted me mm-hmm. but I had another friend that was younger than me and his parents were very strict on him he couldn't play he couldn't shoot marbles, the little things that children are doing. And, and I said to myself then, I said, hey, man, if preaching means that I can't be a human, if that means I can't be a kid or person, 
I don't want nothing to do with it. I made that conscious decision wow. as a kid that that yeah. was too much for me. Yeah. That I wanted to uh, develop it as a person. And, and you know, and, but God continued to prompt me throughout my life. He did, came to me again in college. And then finally, when I was 24, uh, he just came to me and these were the words he said. Hey, I called you when you were a child. You didn't hear me. I called mm -hmm. you when you were a young man. You didn't hear me. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you now, I'm not going to force you, but right. either get ready to preach or get ready to die. Oh, wow. Because there's, I created you to praise and worship me right. and take the word abroad. Right. And if you're not doing what your purpose is, what exactly. your calling is, mm -hmm. there's no reason for you to breathe my air, drink mm. my water, eat my food, mm. blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I, wow. I got on the mission field. Right. Right. Well, I'm glad you answered, man. I think three straight, you really were going to be out. So I'm so glad that you have, you know, accepted your calling. You have done and, and continuing to do some wonderful things. Yeah. And just to jump right off into it, like, was it difficult balancing like your, your music, you know, career and being a father? Or was it was it something that was like, you know, it was too heavy or you went through some trials? Like, how was that journey for you, especially well, when they were young? But for me, music and ministry, music ministry and preaching was my biggest battle because I had been doing music so much that when I got called to preach, music was easy. Yeah. You know, I could, you could wake me up in the middle of the night and do music. But with preaching, I struggled because, uh, first of all, I was, uh, I didn't want to mislead people. Yeah. When, when I'm when you're a carrier of the word of God, souls are at stake. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to misquote a scripture or say something that uh, sent someone down the wrong path or confused someone. So I, I, I just felt this sense that, guess what? Uh, man, that, that's, that's heavy. And then God t took me through a season where he showed me that it wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. In the first place, that he's doing this. I'm just the voice, exactly. but but he's the source. Mm -hmm. But as far as my kids go, my my cheer, I was I was married at the time. I'm married for sixteen or so years, and I we had uh, two daughters and a son in that marriage. I had two children prior to marriage, right. right out of high school. But within my marriage, I had three children, two daughters, and a son. And so we just incorporated them into our ministry whenever the choirs would go off whenever we would tour they would there with me anyway right and they're very talented i mean my kids really you know i'll say today that they're if they're not on the top of the charts it's because they chose not to be because they're phenomenal their wow. talent must succeed mine right yeah and so what i'm looking at is is a pattern here because your dad basically guided you mm -hmm. into you know the ministry and the yeah. music and basically that's what you did yeah. and, and 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 so do you feel that it would have been different if you didn't have that guidance from your dad well absolutely my, my mother and father divorced when i was nine but i made a conscious decision that i was not going to allow my father to divorce me Okay, so uh, you made the habit as the child. Yeah, my, it wasn't like, you know, and I'm not knocking my dad. My dad was the best father he could be because he grew up, his mother died when he was young, and his father was out of the home. Right. And so he probably lacked a whole lot of parenting skills, but he did something special for me. When my mother and father divorced, he only moved one block away. And so I was able every day before school to go up and see him if he hadn't went to work. And after school, I got out of school at 2.33 and I, I would stay at his house until well after dark. And then he owned a business, uh, his own furniture business. So I would work with him until 10, 11 at night and then tour with him on the weekends. Wow. Well, I was involved. I had kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, personality thing going in that. Mm -hmm. I was touring, I was singing, I was recording Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. But Monday through Thursday, I was running the streets of Canton, mm -hmm. vandalizing, mm. fighting, gang banging, breaking windows, wow. going in stores, stealing. Right. You know, it's, it, it was like I knew I needed a father because. Right. Man, the fights that I would get in were never fair fights. In other words, I, I would always get into it with people 
like twice my age and stuff. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, so when I when it when the kitchen got too hot, yeah, I could at least come to my dad and say, "Hey, I'm having this problem. This guy gonna shoot me. He gonna cut me or whatever." And my dad would be like, "Hey, look here, you you got you got to chill out." If you don't chill out, I'm gonna put you out the group. You won't be able to sing. Once he gave me, let me know that there was consequences exactly to my actions, and then I begin to get it together. And and discipline. Yeah, yeah, struck just structured discipline. Yeah. He and he was he was not really a disciplinarian per se. Right. He he really wasn't. However, he knew I loved music, and at that time, playing the guitar more than life itself. Yeah. And so all he had to do was tell me that I'm gonna take your bass guitar away. And yeah. All the foolishness stops. Stop. So, so consequences yeah. are necessary. And sometimes it's just the best type of discipline. Like yeah. if you see something a child just loves and just have to do it every day, all day, yeah. you be like, Oh, you you wanna show out, huh? Yes. Well let me get that well, up at you one that's, time. That's, that's right. All right. Well, I definitely want the exit 119 people to know that if something got broken into back in the day, it your glass, it, it probably was this fella right me. here. So um, <laughs> be careful out here. So some people probably still mad about that. Well, look at you. I, I, I guarantee you that I actively now, uh, whenever I come across old enemies, yeah. people in the past, I always apologize. Okay. Whether they knew I did it not. or not. Okay. Because I, I got a motto, it's operate with clean hands. Wow, y'all yeah. heard that. <laughs> so he operating with clean hands. Don't y'all yeah. judge yeah. the yeah. clean hands yeah, because he turned yeah. over a new leaf. Yeah. He gave it to God. It's been God. restored. It renewed. Yeah. So don't judge him because mm -hmm. no he's a whole better man these days. No doubt about it. Great, great. So let's, let's go where we need to go. Okay. Let's go ahead and, you know. Okay. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, I know that you mentioned, like, um, being a father, like, the mm -hmm. distance. and, and So mm -hmm. what's your story with that? Like, Well, my happened? story is I, I fell madly in love with a young lady out of Jackson, and we had two children mm -hmm. uh, right out of high school. I was going to Hines Junior College. Okay. And, you know, when you're a kid, you can only see today and maybe tomorrow. You mm -hmm. can't see the future. And we had these two beautiful children, and life was going fine, and, and you know, but somewhere along the way, you know, I got a flat, you know. Yeah. I, I couldn't sustain a relationship. I couldn't su sustain a job. Mm -hmm. And she already had a son. Yeah. And so she just basically came to me and said, look at Vernier, I love you more than anything, but you can't provide for me. You oh, can't wow. You can't take care of me, and, and my, my, my son needs clothes and our kids need diapers and so I'm gonna have to bounce yeah. Man, I, was, I was hurt to the core I bet I, I really was and I vowed that I never put myself in that position again I, if I lose you it won't be over uh, finances it won't be over it, it'll be over lack of love yeah and so we separated and, and uh, I moved to Indiana and uh, again met someone who I felt was my soulmate, and married her. And out of that marriage, we had three children. Mm -hmm. uh, a son, two daughters, and I was, we were married for over 16 beautiful years. God, mm -hmm. in, that year, in those 16 years, God took me from, man, I think I had 30-some dollars when I got there. Wow. And was virtually living with my sister. And in a 16-year span, God allowed me to work at the steel mill with a high school education and one year of college. I went from being broke to making $180,000 a year. Okay. Uh, with bonuses, and all. I did. I was able to provide for my children like I never could right. have imagined. Live in a predominantly all-white neighborhood, send them to good schools get them education, put them mm -hmm. in, in uh, Montessori Academy, private school, and try to just get them ready for the future. Right. And during that time, I was, I that was during the time that I accepted my calling. But that, that old man still was wrestling with me. Mm -hmm. And so I was still struggling uh, with, you know, the demon on the inside, mm -hmm. living with that guy. Mm -hmm. Knowing that guess what, every day, you know, it, I was some good, but there was some bad, and it just got to the point where uh, 
my wife and I, we would just seem like it was like almost every Friday. We were just into it, man. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where it was like, is this worth it? And I was like, man, I'll do anything to right. keep from losing it. Forget the relationship. I don't want my kids to grow up without a father in the home like I did. So, right. you know, our house is big enough for me to go sleep in the garage. It's got everything in there, electricity, everything. I go sleep in the garage, and you can do whatever you want to do in that house. Let's just not tear tear away the, the, the unit. Mm-hmm. But it was it was separate mm-hmm. by, by that time. Okay. And so okay. they moved back. They moved to Michigan, where she was originally from. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there probably six years trying to repair it, but it, it was just separate. Right. And I ended up coming back here. Uh, both of my parents got sick, and so I came came home. And I've been, been here ever since. And so now I, I, I am truly a, a long-distance or absentee parent. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So did you feel that you struggled with that mentally, like processing and adjusting to that? Like, was it... Absolutely. I, I, I think that, you know, it was actually kind of like my worst fear coming true because mm-hmm. I, I started out saying that, you know, I didn't want to be like my dad or my uncle. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to uh, be this guy that uh, put my hands on a woman or right. or, or, or domin- being a dominating figure or, or even being someone that was controlling or, or manipulative or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought I did a good job with it but you know it's, it's kind of like one day you look around and the guy you've been running from is standing right, right next there. to you mm. and you go how you get here I've right. been trying to avoid you all my life exactly and it's like I've been with you all the time doc right right what you gonna do and so to come to grips with with that other guy mm-hmm. you know I just had to just give it over to God because you know when I saw my mom what my mom went through in marriage you know, it's just like, you know, she gave away everything to make sure that we were provided for. She had three hard-headed boys and mm-hmm. a girl. Oh, wow. And, and, and guess what? I won't tell you, but I take my head off to her. Because exactly. when I think about, even now, you know, she's passed now, but even now, uh, she left us everything. Every dime she had, she left us home on an acre and a half, two acres of land. Right. She 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 did everything wow. for for us. Right. You know, and then my father, he kinda like even though he was out of the home, he still wanted he he had the I would say the capacity to if I went to him, which I did on many occasions, and say, Hey, you hurt me in this way or mm-hmm. I was disappointed in this way. He never said get out of my face, stay in a child place, he always took ownership. He said, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry for di- for leaving your mom. I'm sorry for abandoning you guys. Yeah. And so it, it let me know that, guess what? Fathers, if the relationship is going bad, if you can't work it out, even if you're the problem, mm-hmm. don't punish the children. Always right. acknowledge. Right. And I, I'm glad you said that because... Me, I remember my dad and I having a talk like that when I was young. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was growing up and going through the phase of trying to understand, like, the separation, mm-hmm. the divorce, growing up in a different home from my dad. And one day he just stopped by my grandmother's house, and mm-hmm. I was there. And he picked me up. He was like, you know, where you heading to? And I was telling him I was heading to church for something. He said, well, I'll take you. Mm-hmm. So I saw the perfect opportunity to get in that dad, my dad's van and right. just catch him I with the light. You, you can't throw me out the van, you know. Right, so I was right. like, let me let me put the pressure on it. And I I think I was like maybe 11, 12, mm-hmm. asking him, like, you know, what happened? Like, what happened? why are we not in the same home? Because yeah. I honestly will admit that, you know, I struggled for years mm-hmm. just wanting to, on the inside, just wanting my mom and dad to get back together. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's the dream of every child, every child yeah. to see their parents together mm-hmm. and they don't care how rocky it is they don't care if somebody's cheating they right. don't care if somebody's abusive they don't care if somebody is, is uh, financially unstable they they want need and deserve a yeah. mother and a and father, father in yeah. that home yeah they, they, yeah. they did that yeah. because we, we they didn't ask to come here mm-hmm. we we either made a conscious choice or our action 
brought them here. So right. it, it's our job right. to step up to the plate. Right. And, and, and do whatever is necessary exactly. so that they, and like I said, I just did not want to uh, repeat the pattern. Yeah, you wanted to, to, to break the cycle. Yeah. And yeah. I, I even respect you as a, you know, as a child being in that position to let your dad know, like, look, oh, yeah. you did this, you did yeah. that. And so I think you said something very important that dads need to hear. Like, if you did something wrong or you feel like you're not giving your all, like, mm -hmm. Don't let that be your story. Yeah. Like, here's where you can break that chain yeah. and say, sit your child down and say, yeah. look, I did this yeah. and I was wrong. Yeah. This is why I'm not here That's in the home with here. you. You know, if it's really your fault, if you really see that this is something that you did and you want to make things better, you want to mm -hmm. make things right, honesty is the key. And you may say as an adult, I don't think my child ready for that. Yeah. But you hear how young like I yeah. said I was when I talked yeah. to my dad. I'm they're, sure you were young, right? Ready, and I much rather uh, see my mom. Back to my mom. My mom was a protector, and some of my aunts and uncles right. would try to tell me about my dad, who my dad was as right. a person out in the streets. And my mom said, "Hold on, wait a minute now. Mm -hmm. Those are my children. Right. And if they hear that story, they're gonna hear it from me, or they're gonna hear it from their father. Exactly. They're not gonna. They're not gonna hear that from you. And so right. she would always." make sure that that she drew the line to right. say that guess what those are my kids father you're not going to handle him or even speak of him any kind of way any kind of yeah. shout outs to your mom <laughs> i never met her but you know I, I feel it i feel and we have some moms out here we have a lot of moms that's yeah. out here doing that we do and we so do. much love to moms. the moms we like do. much love yeah i know this a dad's and daughter show but yeah. Much love to the moms, the, the, the single moms, like yeah. all the moms who are yeah. really being great mothers out here yeah. and, and doing all and everything yeah. that they can to bring their children yeah. up the best way possible. Best so way possible. definitely so, shout out to the moms. Your situation ain't perfect. And you, it's not. Your story is not my story. I'm just trying to uh, kind of unravel my story. Exactly. That's all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So let's talk about this. I know you mentioned, and, and like I said, I saw this a couple of years ago mm -hmm. um, during the Juneteenth celebration. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of you who don't know about Juneteenth, please do your research and get involved with the events. But um, we had a we had an event at the at the old well at the Nichols Middle School. We and call you, it Ken High. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> old Ken High, you know. But um, mm -hmm. we had an event, and there was a group that came, and this was a group there that lost children. Was it all gun violence or just, well, just, just if you lost a child? It was primarily gun violence, but the name of the group is Life After Death Ministry, uh -huh. which was started by Barbara uh, Slaughter-Jones. Okay. And it, 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 it really kind of started out for that. Uh, people had lost children. Yeah. Uh, gun, do the gun violence, but it just warped into anyone that's lost a loved one. Yeah. So anyone that needs that outlet for somebody to talk or listen, because you know, I I went to therapy and it did me literally no good because I was sitting across the table from someone who was certified and qualified and mm -hmm. licensed, right? But they had never lost a son Lo or yeah. daughter. It makes a difference. No connection to me, yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. So I, I, I left those paid sessions, right? Still broken. Exactly. But I came to, to that first session with Barbara Jones Slaughter, and I want to tell her thank you because I haven't been the same since I was able to unpack my hurt. That's good, yeah. and I think that's something that I definitely want to get involved in because we need those type of support groups, like. And that's what I was telling someone, and I was talking about this in the first podcast, like, instead of me going to therapy, I just went to school for it. Mm -hmm. And that helped me a lot. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that, you know, that's the best route to take. I'm just mm -hmm. saying everybody's path is different. It is, and, and, and it coping makes it, methods yeah, are different. Exactly. So what I want you to do, if you're comfortable with it, um, mm -hmm. if you would like to share, like, you know, your story of losing a child. Okay. Well, my story with losing a child is, uh, again, I was living up north, mm -hmm. and my two oldest sons was right in the city of Jackson, and they had just came for Christmas okay. up north. I flew them up north, and we spent the latter part of Thanksgiving and Christmas together, mm -hmm. and right after Christmas break, I had to send them back home, and it was a big deal because 
my oldest son, who at the time was nine, had always had a great relationship with me. Mm-hmm. But my son right under him, Jeremy, uh, we kind of had, like, the relationship just wasn't that great. Matter, right. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. it just wasn't that great. But uh, we were able to really, like, come together and get to know each other. And I got him back home safely and uh, without preaching. had did a week revival in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And got back to town and I sit down. Me and my wife had, hadn't even taken our shoes off and the phone rang. Mm. And we didn't have cell phones and pages and all that back then. Right. And the phone rang and we so tired we can't get up. Yeah. And she says, you going to get that? I said, I didn't even hear it ringing. She said, well, I'm tired. I don't feel like talking anymore. And I reluctantly picked up that phone. And when I picked it up, I heard a weak voice on the other line say, she simply said, he's gone. Mm. And so I said, who, who is this? Mm-hmm. And she said, Vanilla, he gone. And I said, what are you talking, who is this? She said, our son is gone. And when I came to grips with what, who this was and what they were telling me, man, it was just, it was more than I could handle. Yeah. You know, it, it really like spaced me out. It was right. like, hey man, and then to come here and have to go to the funeral home to see that process and man at 24 25 it was like my mind i i had seen some things but did some things in life yeah i was not ready so he was a he was very young he, he was very young oh, so wow. what, what, what happened he he had just turned 10. oh wow and so what happened is he was at home and his mom was a new convert to christ mm-hmm. and so she started like anyone she was excited she wanted to be in church every day and this particular day, they didn't want to go. She allowed them to stay at home with their then 17-year-old uncle. Mm-hmm. And uh, after them being outside playing, he asked them to come in the house. But they was like any other kid. They were like, hey, give me another minute. Yeah. We'll be in there five minutes. Yeah. So he finally got tired of them stalling him. them. And he said that he went out there with a pellet gun to shoot a bottle next to them. Thinking the bottle would burst, scare them, and they'll run in the house. Mm-hmm. They'll be over all is well. But right. when he got ready to shoot the bottle out the window, he hit my son in the chest. Oh, my. And with a pellet gun. It, yeah. It went, it, it went he, by him being so young, it hit him in the heart. Oh, well, When he ran up on the steps, he collapsed because he was... Uh, kind of like drowning from his own blood. Uh, yeah. Well, his uncle, who was 17, panicked. Yeah. Instead of him calling 911 or or whatever, he he took my son, took him in the bedroom, changed his clothes and laid him in the bed and basically just went into a denial mode like, he'll be all right. Man. But he didn't. He, 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 he drowned in his own on blood. And so, so it, it was, it was, it, I mean, it was incredible because it split the family apart because she wanted, of course, to protect her brother. Her mm-hmm. point was, our kid is gone, we can't bring him back. My brother's 17, let's not throw him to the wolves and and throw his life away too. Right. You know, but I was like, look here. That's my son as well. I understand your point of view. And if there were my brother or sister or uncle that was the sh- shooter, all I would want would be justice. And so that's exactly. what I want. Exactly. I, I, I want justice and, and let your chips fall with it, man. And I'm sure that brought a lot of anger. You was already, you know, grieving. And so yeah. dealing with all those emotions, yeah. I'm sure that was a lot to take on. And you said you was just in your early 20s. Yeah, I was in my early 20s. And yeah. So what I, what I did, now this this is just not going to be pretty, but it's, it's the true story. It's the truth. Go ahead. I, I actively came down here to kill him. Right. It makes sense. I, I came down here for, I would say, a good seven years on a mission to just find him and kill him. Yeah. I, 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 not, and it wasn't that that's what a father's supposed to do or, or protect it. It was just that's why I was mentally right. and emotionally because not only did he do that, but he denied really what happened. He started out saying that it was gang violence, drive-by shooting. Uh, he played the race card and said that uh, KKK, white supremacists, was shooting people in the, in the neighborhood. And so 
it threw people off the trail so much it took a, like a year and a half before they realized that he was the shooter. Right. You know, so we spent wow. a lot of time, and so I, it took a long time before I even got to the grievance process. But uh, I, I spent years, as I stated, with one to kill him, and and I never forget. I never forget. I went to the gravesite and I broke down with my uh, second oldest son who was there at the time. Yeah. And now he's 13, 14, and he saw me break down. He was like, Dad, you can't do this. You can't live like this. Mm -hmm. So now my kid is talking to me, mentoring me. Right. He's counseling me. Right. He said, man, Xavier wouldn't want to be living like this. You can't, can't do it. Mm. So I asked God that day, God, I need you to do two things for me. Right. <clears throat> I need you to, one, hide this fellow from me until I'm healed. Right. Secondly, I need you to fix me. Take this hatred out of my heart. Mm. This desire to kill. Mm. This revenge. Right. I need you to take it from me. Wow. And I want to tell you that from that day to this day, it's been a long process, but I could see him today and tell him I love him. And you tell him I understand. It was a, a crazy mistake from a 17-year-old right. that didn't fully understand the uh, ramification of their action. Right. You know, so. So that was a lot of spiritual maturity that yeah. you're showing right now. And, and just showing that you really did take the time to grieve because if you don't take the time. Yeah. You know, that anger, that rage, that, that that disappointment, everything that you're feeling. Even, I'm sure you even probably felt like less of a dad, huh? When that happened. I, I, did you I did. go through all I, that? I, I did. I, I bet you I, did. I felt like I, I let him down. Mm -hmm. I abandoned him. And, mm -hmm. and then here's the weird thing, too. That was my son that we had the best relationship. relationship. I caught that. all my kids. You I know, like that. When I would come home, mm -hmm. he would be like, man, dad, you tired? You thirsty? Yeah. He'll go get a towel and he'll wipe my face. He'll say, man, you hot? Oh, Y'all wow. turn some air on here. My dad is hot. Wow. My dad, what, mama, what you gonna cook? Cause my dad hungry. He been at work all day. Oh, wow. You know, he, he was like a child after my own heart. Right. You know what I mean? He was exactly. smart and intelligent. And he loved the Lord. Mm. He was, Even as a kid, he would write poems and stuff mm -hmm. about heaven and about uh, all of us being in glory together. Oh, that's wow. That's so beautiful. He, he was awesome. That's awesome beautiful. Kid. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. I can't even, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even yeah. get beyond that because all I'm looking at right now is like, when you all, all reunite, that's oh, going yeah. to be... Well, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt That's going to be a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Man. So, basically, what I'm understanding, like, you knew that you had to go through the process of, you know, really grieving. You had to go through the process of forgiveness. Yes, I did. You had to really, like you said, you had to just surrender to God because you yeah. knew you couldn't have did it by yourself, yeah. right? Absolutely not. And then I was uh, in the process. I was punishing my existing kids, mm. you know, because yeah. they, they were being, I wouldn't say blamed, but I wasn't the complete father I could be to mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. if I was dealing with hurt. Yeah. I was uh, definitely taking out frustration and anxiety on my wife right. and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. any little thing set me off. You know, it's like, hey, man, I can't walk around here on uh, eggshell because you hurting now. Do we need to go to counseling? What do we need to do? Right. And I'm I'm seriously, like, I'm beyond counseling. Yeah, like you over I'm, that. Yeah. Mm. I'm in a rage state. Yeah. But I, I desire to be healed. Right. And so, you know, God just, God did the work, man. He really did the work. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's how it works because when you're able to say something like that, he definitely getting all the glory. Yeah. And, and you knew for a fact that you could not do it yeah. on your own. Absolutely not. And I went through that same process. Like, <clears throat> I felt, I don't know, like, when I lost my dad, I just felt like I didn't care mm -hmm. about nothing. Yeah. I'm glad I went to school because I yeah. definitely would have dropped out, you yeah, know, because I really wanted to quit my job. Yeah. If that wasn't paying the bills, I yeah. wouldn't have, like, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I yeah. get it. And like I said, I was even careless, like, the way I was driving. Yeah. Like, I went through all that. Like, I yeah. didn't care if my yeah. mama got a call and, so, and said. So, and so you yeah. were like, 
I'll say you weren't actively trying to kill yourself, but you were toying with it. You was I was I was playing put, with it. Yeah, I was definitely playing. And with I it. identified with that because I went to the gas station right here without knowing it, uh, with my mind just being on whatever was on that day. I pulled up to the the pump to put gas in and unknowingly cut a guy off. He was coming to the pump too. Yeah. So he jumped out of his car with his pistol in his hand and began to sh- shout out these obscenities to me mm-hmm. and what he was going to do to me. And I'm just saying, I'm numb. I'm yeah. hurt. My mind is not even on him. But when he got finished, I, I said, hey, man, I'm sorry. I didn't see you. Wasn't intending on cutting you off. And I said, not that serious. I'll pull over and let you get in. And he, he never turned the temperature down. He continued to ramp up. He was me. already made about yeah, something. Yeah, he, he was up. Yeah. And so I finally said, look, let me, let me tell you something. I lost my son. I'm going through divorce. I don't even care. Bro. Do whatever you got to do because I don't want to be here in the way. And he literally turned around, got in his car, left. And I knew then I was in deep water. Right. I was in deep water. Because it could have been somebody that would have yeah. just been like, well, since you don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so, I, was, I was in deep water, so yeah. I began to actively seek God, actively, because uh, I've been in church all my life, been touring mm-hmm. all my life. Mm-hmm. But this thing, you know, my pastor preached a, a sermon, and I ain't trying to get out preaching. No, nah, go uh, ahead. But he preached a sermon one time called Saved But Not Sanctified. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that go to church, and they are saved. Right. But salvation is set apart for the work. Mm. And I just was not sanctified. At that, that time, I just, uh, salvation was far as the east is from the west. From right. You know, but one, one, once I went through that encounter and God, and God started building with me, mm-hmm. and I developed a personal relationship. Personal. With him. You said and the key Guess word. what? My life has never been, it's never been the same anymore. It's never been the same. And I, I agree with you. When I say that is the process I went through as well, like, because when I got tired of playing, I, I felt when I got tired of playing, like, you know what? I I think in my eyes, I was like, I know my dad would want me to stay around mm-hmm. and do what I, I have I to do. Live. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to do the same thing. I had to have that talk. I was like, you know what, God, I'm done playing. Whatever I need to go through to heal and adjust to this, you know, earthly father no longer being here and whatever you have for me to do, like, lay it out. Let's go. I'm, I'm with it. Whatever I have to change about myself, I'm willing to do it because beforehand I know I was not ready to change, you know, whatever I was doing, whatever I was, you know, it's like I knew I couldn't do it without him. So, um, I definitely get what you're saying. So, let me ask you this. With all that you felt, with all that you had intentions of doing, and all that you gave to God at the end, like, if there was one thing that you could have done differently, like, what what would you say that would have been? Like, what would you have done differently, like, after that fact, like, after losing a son? and Like, what, what one thing you really wish, like, you know what, I wish I had to did this differently? Well... First of all, I wish I wouldn't have went to a place of, of hate mm-hmm. or whatever. But I, I think as it pertains to our subject today, I, I think I, I wish I would have fought for our kids harder. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I would have went to counseling faster. I think I would have sought the Lord uh, faster. I think I would have made amends with my ex mm-hmm. right away. Right. You know, all all those things I think that I would have did because, you know, at the core, I think I've always been a good guy, mm-hmm. a, a good loving guy, uh, a guy that desired to have a family and uh, to um, be faithful. I'm mm-hmm. a faithful person. I've never cheated in my whole life. You know, that, wow. it's, like, it's like one of them personal things. I've done some things, yeah. but there's some things on my do, don't do list that I, when I would see God face to face I want him you know when he's talking to the liar he's talking to the blah 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 he's talking to me too because I've done those things yeah. but when he get down to that list and he start talking about faithfulness and he start talking about all those other good things I'm be like well I ain't got, he's not talking to me right now I could right. take a little break well, I'm, I'm, I will stand in because I know he's going to be talking to oh, Okay, all right. I know he'll be talking to me, you well, know, just being right. real. But watch this here. What? Here's, here's the thing. Your sin and my sin ain't different. It, it's, it's not. not the same. It's not. And then 
this was personal for me because right. see, I, I think I took that on from a parent point of view, seeing my mom being hurt and wounded, and that, those were one of the things that I saved. I failed some other things I said mm-hmm. I'd never do mm-hmm. or never repeat or pattern right. what I saw. But this is one thing that I can say through this life, God has allowed me to not only value it mm-hmm. but to and hold it sacred, but also uh, be able to pattern it right. to the positive side and to teach it to my children. Teach it to your children. And, and we talked about that too because I, I like to speak on it all the time. Like, your crown is fit for their head. Yeah. So it's like, what are you putting on their mind? Yeah. What are you teaching them? What are you showing yeah. them? Because mm-hmm. you're building their character, whether it's bad or good. Yeah, you're, you're, you're giving them character. Absolutely. You're grooming them into the next, you know, yeah. the preparing them for the yeah. next generation, rather. So, you know, that was that brings me to my next question. Okay. Like, what are the perks of being a, a, a father? Like, what are the good things that you enjoy about being a dad and, you know, having children? Well, for me, uh, at the top of it now, I guess I'm going to start at the end, mm-hmm. is grandchildren, man. Grandchildren? Man, Why y'all get soft <laughs> when y'all get grandkids? Because when y'all have just children, y'all knocking their left, right, east, yeah. west? Yeah, well, you know, fathers are very hard on sons, mm-hmm. and we're less harder on daughters. Mm-hmm. And then when grandkids come along, we just puffs, you know, we just... Soft as hell? Yeah. Ooh, my mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but it, it's, it's kind of like seeing the long as I live, my mama never die. Yeah. When I when I saw my granddaughter yeah. and then my grandson, I knew that my legacy was cemented. And it's going to carry on. No matter what. That's, that's my, just like when I got in trouble, all the times I was in trouble, it was always one question that the police or whatever always asked me, who is your dad, who is your mom? Mm. Oh, do you run the Ellipsa boy? Okay, mm. then. Blah blah blah. Right. That was very important because that was the difference between me going to jail or right. not. Going to jail. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You know, so that your your name means something. It, it does mean Everything's something. Everything's in a name. You know, right. you may, I know Bill Cosby's been slain in in the press right now, but his story was profound to me. It it, it carried me because he said his father and mother didn't have anything, but they saw all they had to send him to school. And he said, when I get there, when I get my degree, once I get successful, I'm going to pay you back. He said, you don't owe me anything. He said, but I'm, I'm sending you out here with one thing, and that's our good name. Right. Don't mirror our name. Don't mar it. Don't. Wow. When it come back, let it be clean. Wow. And that, that's what's important to me, that I don't mar the Lipsy name. Right. It's very important to me. That is. That is. That's your name. And and I think that's, that's one of the real reasons that, I wanted to start this brand, the daddy's daughter, the Mississippi daddy's daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, you know, I don't have kids right now. Mm-hmm. And I want, like, you know, I love my dad so much. I want people to know, and I, you know, what type of guy he was and what type of woman he raised me to be. All right. So it seems like you've been through some things. And I, and, and I really appreciate you for discussing it on the podcast. Because I one thing I do believe about this is that, there are dads listening, and there are some situations that can be healed in their lives that's going to help them. And I think that one of your story, your story, could definitely bring some healing, uh, not only just to others, but even, you know, with me and yourself, you know, mm-hmm. just getting some things off your chest. So yeah. my last question with you is um, what type of advice would you give either new fathers or, you know, dads now that are, you know, not having a not-so-good relationship with their kids or their Mm -hmm. family, like, or even those who are having a wonderful relationship with their family, like, what what, what is a good piece of advice you would like to share that could help somebody? Yeah, I I think, to me, it's important to uh, somehow, again, make amends with your baby mama. Okay. Your ex-wife, mm-hmm. your girlfriend, whoever right. it was, because obviously at one time you loved her. Right. She loved you. You you fostered a, a child or two with mm-hmm. the, with them, mm-hmm. and so you your child needs to know that even if you don't love their mother, right. that you have respect, respect. for her. Man. Yes. That you respect for her. She she's the, the queen of your queen. Right. And so I, I think that, that women 
and men do a disservice to the very child that they say they love by continuing to fight and try to punish the man or, or the woman and why you think that it's making you look good like you think it's putting you on the upscale like you the good person you know the old saying is that no one can can uh, get in the hog pen without getting mud on them you your hands are dirty too you right. you slanging mud everywhere and right. you think that you're trying to make him look bad or her look bad your child needs you they need to know that they have two beautiful loving parents that created them one in love mm -hmm. we created you in love you are not a half stance or a mistake mm -hmm. and even though we didn't make it guess what one thing we do have in common is that our goal is to make sure that you succeed right okay okay so that's some great advice and i really hope you know a lot of you guys are listening um but i think that is a part of the problem today yeah uh kids don't see the respect between you know man and woman That's so right. today you know women are easily slandered it's, yeah. it's nothing to call a woman a b-word these yeah. days and yeah. you can just walk past somebody and get That's that right. or yeah. somebody you know um putting out their business yeah. or you know physically mm -hmm. abusing and verbal abuse is definitely ongoing mm -hmm. so to break that cycle i think that what you said is very very important sometimes you just have to get that mature level and, and prepare your mindset and just mm -hmm. do what must be done you know mm -hmm. for the at least for the sake of the child if nothing else mm -hmm. for the sake of the child because your actions or non-existence mm -hmm. still teaches the child something that's either right. you're teaching them to do what you did or teaching them to not do what that's, you did that, that, that's correct you so. know if you, if you want to see an incomplete child look at a child that doesn't have a mother and father at home because 90 percent of the stuff that that child do and don't understand why they're doing this is because they don't have a, a relationship with that other parent right. because if you come to know that other parent you understand Oh, I do that because guess what? My daddy do that. Exactly. Or guess what? My uncle on my daddy's side did that. Did that. Right. But you you know, it's like having a puzzle, a hundred piece puzzle that's missing fifty pieces. Right. You You'll never get the, the picture. picture. You don't know what the picture is. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it, man. So I definitely want to thank you for being on the show. You have really dropped some wisdom, yeah. not just for the people, but me, you right. know. So um, I just want to ask, like, if someone wants to reach out to you, uh, okay. possibly, you know, uh, preach at their church or an event mm -hmm. or even just want, want you to grab that bass guitar, man, like, how can they reach out to you? Hey, man, you can hit me on Facebook at Minister Vornell Lipsy Jr. Or you can get in touch with my uh, manager, publicist, Victoria Ray on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, you can give me a call at 662 319 seven two four six mm -hmm. i'm here at the radio station friday saturday sunday okay uh, you can give me a call up here right you know I, I, i'm available because you know my life is like uh especially here in canada you know I, I did all these great things when i was young and now i'm back and people literally think i've dropped off the moon somewhere right because i was gone almost 30 years mm -hmm. you know but in that time you know i've done a whole lot of incredible things and now i'm literally trying to unpack them uh for the benefit of ken and if that means that i be transparent to help somebody and what what you do with that information if you want to go back and say well girl he's this and girl he was that then you you do what you got to do with it right. i'm unpacking the information hopefully for the better good mm -hmm. to help somebody to let them know that you too might go through all these things and worse Mm -hmm. But guess what? The story ain't over. It's not. Your story is not over. It's not. And don't let people, please don't let people uh, put you into their uh, box. Because right. God is the one. The Bible says some plant, some water, but it's God right. that brings the increase. That brings it. Man, <laughs> look. And, and you just talking right now, like, I just see you being this mentor and i feel that with you sharing this story you're really going to have some people that you're going to have to mentor too okay. so be prepared Absolutely. it's not just what i'm claiming it's what i'm seeing because yeah. i feel that 
there are some dads that's been in your shoes that yeah. need somebody to say, look, I've been there been and there, this man. is what I did. So yeah. I definitely want to just thank you for coming in and sharing your wisdom. And I also want to thank you for just supporting me because yeah. I've been on WMGO 1370 mm-hmm. through you. You know, you <laughs> yeah. really put me on the air. So you supported daddy's daughter. You supported my poetry journey. So I definitely want to thank you. Yeah. And just uh, send you this. I want to give you this daddy's daughter button. Okay. So you can represent and then let them know, you know. So thank you. Is there anything else you would like to say? No, no. I I, I think that's it. I, I think that uh, I would say to all dads in closing, uh, you don't have to be hard. and You don't have to be ultra dominant to mm-hmm. be a man or to be a father. You can be, you can be soft and genuine and kind and, and uh, you might get taken advantage of. You might even get walked over uh, at, from time to time. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. your your sons and your daughters need to see the softer side of you. They need to know that you are, you are approachable. Yeah, I'm that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, dads, let's work on being approachable. Yeah. And see how that works. I, I feel that they can really make some changes. So definitely uh, thank you all for tuning in. And if you want to follow the Mississippi Daddy's Daughter, Inc., uh, follow us on Instagram at M-I-S-S-D-A-D-D-Y-S-D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R. If you are a dad that's interested in being on the show or a daughter interested in being on the show, please email me at M-S-D-A-D-D-Y. S-D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-I-N-C at yahoo.com. So thank you all once again. It has been a blessed and fulfilling day. So I wish that all to you. Sending a lot of love all over the world. Thanks once again and have a blessed day.